everybody and welcome to the self-love series on today's episode it's a little bit of a different setup than we've done before um we are doing this episode over facetime due to the recent events with the coronavirus and being safe and social distancing and staying home um, as much as we can um, but i've felt the need to discuss this issue, which I know is a hard topic, especially in the culture that I am a part of. Um, I know it rings true for a lot of other ethnic cultures that it's a harder topic that's typically swept under the rug. Um, but just thinking of a lot of the people, whether they're grown now and they haven't navigated through um, this trauma or even the people that have been stuck quarantined, um, and having to face this issue face on um, if they live with the abuser or the abusers in their home. And so I wanted to do an episode about this topic, which is about sexual abuse. Um, and so we have my guest today, and that is Haven. And I'm so grateful that she um, is brave enough to be open and share her experience with us. And so we will just get into it. Haven, thank you so much for being on the show. So grateful to have you. Um, and so I will just first start off, like I said, cause we are all in quarantine. It's been like, geez, give me a sec. <laughs> it's been about like, I think two months now, maybe since this has all kind of really gotten crazy where we live. We're both in Utah, just in different counties. Um, so Haven, for you, um, what's helped you through quarantine in kind of keeping your peace and sanity and the craziness that yeah. it is right now? Uh, well, for me, um, I'm like, I like the outdoors. So um, just, I mean, most of my kids are home because they don't have school, obviously. So um, I keep my kids outside a lot, so my house isn't so messy, but uh, for me, I like to be outside, so um, my favorite thing to do is horseback ride, so I go riding outside frequently, and that, um, away from everyone, away from everything, and that really helps just kind of reset me and ground me, and it's my favorite thing to do, so that's helped a lot. That's so awesome. Um, so we will just get straight into it however you want and just your experience okay. um, from when it happened to where you are now. Yeah. Um, so I'll just share my story. I know everyone, when it comes to sexual abuse, everyone's story can be very different. And um, so a little bit about kind of my experience is um, I was sexually abused when I was young, maybe about five or six around kindergarten, first grade age. And um, it happened in my own home. It happened with someone that my family trusted. Um, and when it happened, um, I I didn't tell any, so it happened and I didn't tell anyone what had happened. And because um, I didn't understand what happened and I just knew it was something really bad. And um, I remember the next day after the incident, I had I remember sitting at the kitchen counter and I remember seeing my mom for the first time. And I remember um, 
I felt very sick inside and I felt the thought in my mind that I kept on having was if my mom finds out or if my dad finds out, they're not going to love me. They're going to be so mad at me This, and they're just not going to love me. And, um, and I felt ashamed. And so from that day, I never told anyone. And um, so I tried, I actually, I think the way I coped with it as a young girl, I couldn't understand what happened. I just knew it was something really bad. Um, I blocked it out of my mind. And um, I went through my whole childhood and, and I, I blocked it out of my mind, but at the same time, it was still there subconsciously. And so um, I had just the way I thought about myself and the way I dealt with certain situations, like there is definitely trauma there. And um, there was a lot of depression. But looking at the time, I didn't realize it was depression, but a lot of depression growing up, um, a lot of self-esteem issues, a lot of anger. I had a lot of, a lot of anger, a lot, especially towards um, my parents. Specifically, my mom, I had a lot of anger just because I just didn't know how to, I didn't know why I was feeling the way I felt and I didn't know how to cope with it. And um, and I think looking back in a sense, I didn't know I was doing this, but I kind of blamed my parents for what happened at the time. And that's why, that's where the anger came from. And, um, and the person who... Um, who had abused me? They had actually moved out, moved away. We hadn't. We never saw these people ever again, and um, still never told anyone. And then um, I really just kind of forgot about the experience until I hit until high school. So I think I was like, it was like my first boyfriend, and um, all of a sudden these weird. I started remembering this experience that I had, and um, and. I finally told one of my cousins, I had a cousin who were really close and I told her about what had happened and she was like really surprised and she was telling me I needed to tell someone and um, and then after that point, lots of emotions started coming up again and it was kind of like, um, it was kind of like since I forgot about it for so long and I never really dealt with it, it was kind of like someone took off the bandaid and this wound was reopened again. And so I was in high school and, and dealing with these emotions all over again, and um, just a lot, of, a lot of depression. And um, my parents still didn't know anything at this point, and I, I really had no intentions on telling them. But um, I had this experience where um, I actually had I'm LDS, and so I had a my bishop, who was my uncle at the time. He called my house, and. Um, I answered it and he was asking for my mom. He didn't speak to my mom. And before I went to go give the phone to my mom, he's like, you know what, actually, you're the person who I need to call. And he's like, is there something you need to tell me? And right when he said that, I knew straight away what he was talking about. And so I said, yeah, there, there's something I want to tell you. And so that same night I went to his house and I told him that I had been abused when I was younger. And um, after I told him that same night, my parents came over and they spoke with me, or I, I told them what had happened, and um, I was very hesitant on telling them because for a lot of different reasons, it was very uncomfortable for me to tell them. I felt ashamed telling them. I didn't, I love my parents, so I didn't want them to blame themselves. And at the same time, I was angry that it happened to me. And so um, 
I told them and I was in a situation where I'm where I had parents who believed me and um, and which was a really good blessing and anyways from that moment I had told them this is about junior senior year of high school um, I just went into like really bad depression and um, and because it was like all those years I never dealt with it after kind of it was like oh it was almost like it blacked out from my mind but so once it resurfaced and I had to deal with it again um, just really bad depression I just remember um, walking home from school just because I couldn't go to school or having my mom pick me up because I just couldn't do it and and um that and so that was kind of the beginning of my healing process and um I didn't see a counselor at that time which I probably should have but I didn't um I kind of just I know I guess I had that mindset of I can just deal with it on my own I wasn't really open to seeing a therapist or a counselor at that time. Um, and I thought I was healing through it, but um, started making not the best decisions. And and um, anyways, went a couple years went by and I ended up getting married. Um, and after I got married, these issues still kept on coming back up of, of things that were rooted from being sexually abused. and. It was affecting my marriage and it was affecting, um, eventually I, I had a, a, my first child. It was affecting me as a mother. And so I went and saw a counselor and um, it helped. Um, um, anyways, after I saw that counselor, I thought I was okay. And um, anyways, I, I, I had healed a little bit. And then um, a couple years went by and, and maybe about two years ago, more things came up and and I went and saw another counselor, had a really good experience. But anyway, so my 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 experience happened when I was younger and the healing process for it really took my whole life up until this point. And, um, and it's been a very um, up and down journey, but overall, um, I feel like I have grown so much from it. So that's just a little bit about kind of my experience of sexual abuse. Um, so if someone were to like, what's been helpful for you as a parent, I know we've talked about it before, Mm -hmm. um, when we spoke, um, going through that as a child, when you then become a parent, how does that change the way, or how have you addressed that to try to prevent that trauma from happening to your kids? Um, so I have three little boys. They're eight. My oldest is 10. And then my next, my middle child is seven and my youngest is six. And so, um, when it, I'm very protective over them and, um, the way I've decided on how to protect them from having to experience the same thing I went through is I have a lot of conversations with them. So I'm not sure when I started this, but um, young enough that they could understand. I'm, I think my oldest, the first time I brought up, he might have been three or four. Um, but just explain. I'm very open about this topic with them, and um, I'm very blunt with them. And so I, I'll just, you know, just be very blunt about letting them know what's okay, where people can touch you, and what's not okay, and as well as 
they're not allowed to touch other people. And, and if something does happen, what to do. Um, and having a relationship where they feel comfortable enough, where they know that if something happens, they're not, they don't feel like they're going to get in trouble from us and they feel like they can trust us and that they feel safe with us. Um, another thing is I'm very picky about where my kids go. Um, I don't, I don't really do babysitters. Um, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone who does. I'm definitely not judging anyone who does, but just for me particular, if I don't really know someone, they don't watch my kids. Um, and even when it comes to family members house, I'm very uh, picky about whose house they can sleep over at. They're never allowed to just sleep at anyone's house and they never sleep at friends house. Um, so that's how I've dealt with it with them. Awesome. That would definitely be hard, but I think it's super important, especially because I feel like that is like a taboo topic um, in a lot of like ethnic cultures to have those conversations with kids. But I think it is so needed because kids need to know that. And then I think that also helps kind of to open the doors to if that something were to ever happen, that the kids know that that's not an like, a like topic that's off the table yeah. to speak yeah. about with their parents. So for I mean, I, it can be such an uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable conversation if it. I well, at least for me, like if it's something that you've never talked about with your kids, and then your kids like sixteen years old, and you're trying to have this conversation with them, that's really uncomfortable. And so I feel, mm-hmm. for me, I for my, me and my kids, I just feel like the younger they are, and the more frequent you have a conversation, the more open it is and the more it's not so uncomfortable to talk about and it's not so taboo um because it's it's either you're going to teach them the right things or the world's going to teach them and there's just so many different influences out there that it's just a scary thought if you're going to leave those teaching opportunities for the world to teach them what's good and what's right instead of um them being comfortable enough and you being able to have that kind of relationship where you can talk to them about that. Yes. Awesome. Can you also just explain a little bit, um, how you feel, um, the relationships that you choose to go into, how that can be important when you are, when you've been through sexual abuse, um, even if you feel like you've kind of healed from it. And even if you haven't, like, can you, if that makes sense, explain the importance of who you choose to be with um, and how that can positively or negatively affect you. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, well, first of all, the reason why I, I reached out to you and I wanted to, I um, wanted to do an interview with you is because I really love how you're so big on self-love. And um, when it comes to relationships, it's very hard to, specifically if you've had sexual abuse trauma, it's very hard to have a healthy relationship with anyone um, if you don't have self-love first. Um, And my, I'll I'll just speak for myself, but for me as I was, and in my teenager years and growing up, um, it took a while for me, it took me a while to get to where I'm at today. Like I, 
because of the trauma, I didn't have self-love. Like I, I hated myself. I, and yeah, I just did not, I have no respect for myself and I hated myself. And I think like that was one of the things that, um, from the abuse, um, even though I had blocked the way I dealt with it, I couldn't, I had kind of blocked out the experience. Um, I still had these self-conscious beliefs that I developed growing up. And, um, like, for example, like I'm LDS, so I believe in God. And as I was growing up and thinking like, why would this happen to me? Like, I don't get, why, why would this happen to me? And the only thing I could think of was, well, maybe God just doesn't care because why would he, why would he let this horrible thing happen? Maybe I'm just not as important. Maybe I'm not, um, I just don't mean anything. And, um, and that was a belief I had about myself up until like into adulthood adulthood and um and so when it comes to relationships it's so important to let yourself heal and grow and you have to figure out how to love yourself first because once you get into relationships if you don't have that self-love how you feel inside is going to um or i'm sorry the people who you're with or the people you're dating and the people you marry they're going to reflect how you feel inside and so if you don't have that love for yourself or that respect for yourself, when you have those relationships with other people, it's going to reflect that. And um, and my advice, if I was, if I could talk to myself at like 17 or 18, um, I would tell myself to, to focus on myself and and to um learn how to love myself before i'm trying to love others or have others love me i love that how do you think like taking that a step further and kind of wrapping it up would be um saying focusing on themselves but i know like even for myself when i started my self-love journey which was in like close to my mid-20s um I knew that that's what I needed to do, but I didn't even know really where to start. I mean, thankfully right now is a time where there's a lot more um, content out there available about self-love. But if someone was specifically to watch this, um, mainly like a younger, like teenager, and they've been through that trauma, the same trauma that you went through, and they're hearing from you... Um, that that would be what your advice would be is to focus on yourself, love yourself. Where would you say they could start in that, um, of loving themselves and starting yeah. the healing? Um, yeah, I like that question. Cause I, when I was a teenager, we were always taught like you have worth, love yourself. And I remember thinking how, like, I don't like, it was just felt like such an abstract concept. I didn't even know how or where to start. And so, um, um, for me, I, how I'll just share my experience of how I developed self-love. So, um, the first thing, if you're at a place where it's hard, where you don't feel self-love for yourself, I think the best place to start is to surround your people who already do love you unconditionally, um, until you're able to find that love for yourself, but just, just surround yourself with people who love you unconditionally. So whether that's cutting out relationships or friendships, or maybe even family members, um, 
because it's going to be hard to develop that self. It's going to be harder to develop that if you're surrounded by people who don't truly, genuinely love you. Um, so for me, I, I feel like the healing process for me and, and self-love kind of went hand in hand. Um, um, one of the first things, well, in this journey of, of healing for me, I think uh, one of the first things that helped me onto, to get onto the self-love journey was forgiveness. And so um, when it took me a while to forgive the person who had abused me, it wasn't until after I was married, had a kid, I still um, had really angry, negative feelings toward this person. When I would think about them, I would just like shake and cry. Um, and something I learned I, um, about forgiveness is in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'll forgive this person when I get to this point or when I'm happier or when I've healed, then I'll forgive them. But, um, I learned that part of the healing process is forgiving. And so, and there's never really a good time to forgive. Like there's not like a, the best time to forgive. It's just the best time is to do it now. And so, um, I remember the day I just, it was just a decision. Like I just decided, you know what, I'm going to forgive this person today. And I remember it, the moment after I, I like said a little prayer and I, I forgave, I forgave this person. And I remember the moment after I forgave them, the words came into my mind, he no longer owns me. And, um, for me, that was like the, the beginning of my self-love journey of just taking back my own power and realizing, um, just realizing that I have a lot of, that I have my own personal power and, um, that was a big step in my self-love journey. And, um, my other, my other advice I give those who are trying to find self-love is, um, is to be, I feel like, for me, I thought self-love was just this thing. You wake up and like, mm -hmm. oh, I love myself now. Like everything's good. I love myself. But yeah. it's it's like a journey. It's not like you wake up and you're there. Um, like there's still, like I do love myself genuinely, but there's still things that I'm working on. And, and it's just like, I think it, I, everyone has this, they feel like it has to be instant. And But it's just this journey. And I, my advice is just be patient with yourself and just know that it's a journey and um and be patient whether um what i learned from healing is what as i throughout my childhood and teenage years and growing up um i'm the type of person where i'm like okay let's get this over with and let's just keep moving forward and and, and so when it came to my healing i just wanted to heal and like be done with it i don't and i don't want to think about it again i just wanted to be over it and move forward with my life but but this healing process has just been something like I'll feel good and then something might happen and like I can take a couple steps back and then um, and then I'll have to work on whatever it is and then keep moving forward. And and um, I get really I used to get really impatient with myself and think and like think like, why are you still thinking about this? This happened so long ago and you have kids now and a family and all these good things in your life. Why are you still going back? And it wasn't that I was going backwards. It was just it's just a process. And. Um, just, yeah, my advice is just be patient and, um, be kind to yourself and it will happen, but you, you just, just know that it's not something that 
you wake up one day and it's like, oh, I love myself. And or maybe it is for some people, but if it's not, if that's not your case, yeah, it's just a and process. It's, like you said, I love that you brought that up, that you had those feelings in your mind, like get over it. Like it's been all these years, like you should be fine. You have all these things that should make you happy. Like, why are you, it will make you feel like you're dwelling on it. But I think it's important, and I yeah. love that you brought that up, to um, be patient with yourself and remind yourself, like, no, it doesn't matter, like, the time that's passed. Like, trauma is trauma, and today is hard, or in this moment, I'm struggling, and I feel triggered, but I can get through it. Like, I've made it this far. The same way that you can look at it negative, like, that it's been all this time, since I, since that happened to me, you can also flip it, the perspective in that I've made it this whole time through this trauma. Like I can keep going, I can get through this and tomorrow will be better. You know, I'll try to be stronger, but honoring those feelings in the moment and just accepting that you're human and moving through it. Yeah. And just as you're talking, I had this other thought, but one thing I would also do is I would minimize things. So like, you know, like I think, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, just just forget about it. Or, yeah, you shouldn't be making such a big deal about this. Or when it came to people, um, like people doing things, and I would just let people walk over me because so I'm like, oh, it's it's not a big deal. Like, don't don't. Um, I feel like part of the trauma that I had, or part of the way I dealt with things, is I didn't ever want to be seen, and so um, part of that was I just I would never want to like ruffle anyone's feathers because I don't want anyone to see me. Um, cause then they'll know what yeah. happened to me or they'll, it would like, yeah, I, cause it was based out of shame, but, um, just, I think one of the, when it comes to self, this is, I know this doesn't go for everyone, but it might for some people, but don't minimize things. Don't, you have to validate mm -hmm. yourself. Part of love, you need to learn how to validate yourself and not minimize things because you're worthy and you deserve love. You deserve respect. You deserve to heal. You deserve, um, you deserve to be validated and the first place to valid the first place you're going to find validation is within yourself. And so, um, yeah, don't minimize, yeah. don't let self minimize things that happen to you. Um, I'm not saying like be a drama queen, but just don't minimize yeah. things because that, that's not showing yourself self love. Yeah. And I think that that minimizing things is what keeps generational trauma continuing. I think even the people yeah. that aren't fortunate to have when they finally open up and they tell a parent or a family member and they're not believed and they're told that they're lying or they asked for it or they did something, that person's trying to minimize your trauma and then that makes you feel not validated. And I think that just spirals into so many hard yeah. negative things, which I still believe People that go through that, you can still get through it. You don't need someone else's validation. Like you said, you only need yours to start that yeah. self-love journey. You can still heal. Um, even if people don't believe you, that doesn't change the fact of what you went through and your truth, you know, if people take it or not. So I love that you brought that up and kind of just going back to what you said, that came down to three points of where you feel someone that has went through sexual abuse, if they are looking where to start in healing, if they've bottled up that monster in a box and haven't addressed it, would be to surround themselves with people that love them. Even in quarantine, you can do it. 
Um, social media can be a gift. You can stay in touch with somebody or through your phone. Maybe the people within your house don't believe you or it's a negative toxic situation. Talk to someone each day that loves you and brings positive influence to you. Makes you feel good about yourself. That was the first. The second is forgiveness. Um, and I think that that is huge too and that you brought up. You do not need to face your abuser again or speak to them personally to forgive them. You can do that on your own. It's a very personal thing. So I love that you brought that up for people to know that they don't have to do that, that they don't need to in order to forgive. And then the third in just giving themselves grace, knowing that it's a journey, it's continuance and um, just to be gentle with themselves. So um, did you have anything else you wanted to end with before we wrapped it up? I liked how you just um, talked about, um, like, I think you said generational trauma. Or I mean, if I wanted just to touch on um, abuse in families and stopping the cycle. So I'm just very, one of the reasons why I really wanted to get on here today is I'm very passionate about helping people become aware of this, like, of how common it is for abuse to happen and how it's usually in the home. And especially with family members and um, especially in the Polynesian culture, um, I feel like things just get swept under the rug and, and I can't stand like I that is nothing like that just really gets under my skin because that's happened in my not with me, but it's happened in my own family. And um, and for me, um, I, I had seen I have seen other members of my family who think they were abused by other family members and it was just swept under the rug and, and I see how their life played out and how that affected their life in such a negative way and it and then it affected their children's lives and um and I just wanted to say like if you're someone who's been abused you can be that person who stops the cycle and I knew for me like I was abused but I was going to be the person who stopped the cycle and it's not going to it's not going to continue um and I'm just, and if you're someone who, I just, it's just so important. If you're someone who's been abused, you have to be able to find your voice. Even if it doesn't, even if people don't believe you, even if family members are trying to sweep it under the rug, like always speak your voice, like always have your voice and be able to speak it. Don't let that um, abuse stop with you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that and all your advice as well as your story because it is something that requires being super vulnerable um but i know for sure that it is going to help somebody um that needs it that hasn't faced that trauma yet and that abuse that happened to them so again i really appreciate you haven and doing that um and yeah anything else or feel good about um, I'll just share one last thought. Um, if, if anyone's listening to this and they've been abused or they're being abused, just know that like, like for me as a, after my abuse, I remember, you know, as I was going through the healing process, I would be so angry because I'd be, I would feel like, I felt like I was just shattered in a million different pieces and I felt like it was so unfair. I felt like I was dealt a very unfair hand in life. And I, I just remember being angry and just feeling like someone else broke me to pieces and now I have to pick myself up and put myself together. And I, 
I just had so much anger towards that. And as I've gone through the healing process, I realized that, um, um, sorry. Like, yeah, because of the abuse, I felt like I was shattered into a million pieces and, and, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me having to put myself back together on my own. Um, through that experience and through the healing process, I've become something stronger and something better than I ever was before the abuse and that what I, then and what I ever would have been if this incident didn't happen to me and um and yeah it was something that was something really hard to go through and I would never want anyone to have to go through it but um I I just feel like I am who I I need to be now because of it and um and I just want people to know, like, even if you're a victim, it's not you're I'm a victim, period. You can this you can still go through this and you can still live a beautiful life. You can still have so many good things happen in your life. It doesn't have to define who you are and it doesn't ever define who you are. And um, um, and yeah, anyone going through it, I just just know that. Whatever stage you're at in the process, just know that there are such good days ahead and there's so much you can come out better than you ever were before. And um, you can be all those little broken pieces could come back together and you can be recreated into something strong and something greater. And um, that's my yeah, that's what I have to say to anyone who's watching this and who may be experiencing this or who have experienced this type of abuse. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching if you've watched this episode. And I hope that what was said today resonated with you and made you feel seen um, and not alone and love to know that you are enough um, and that your better self-love can start today. Um, it just starts with you and making that choice for yourself. Um, so love everybody out there. Thank you, Haven. Love and appreciate you. And I will talk to you later.